0: This is Max and welcome to the Ronin' System Podcast. We got another special guest today. It's Eric the Great. Eric, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: What's up, guys? I'm Eric the Great, Denver Trap Rapper. I also run ABLT, another booty-licking track podcast as well. I promote other artists, DJs. I promote tour managers, managers, cameramen, anybody behind the scenes, anyone that does anything in the scene with like audio quality, video editing, photos, stuff like that.
0: Cool, man. Uh, really <clears throat> quick, man. What's, what's with the podcast name? Like, what right, is that? So, all
1: right. So that podcast name, it was from... So the dude that's, like, mainly, like, one of the co-hosts, uh, JDJ, he is Jules Jeweler. Me and him were in the kitchen one morning just, like, mm, we were... I think this is back this is back when i used to even drink so <clears throat> when i was a drinker we were in the kitchen we were just freestyling you know getting drunk at like eight in the morning not being productive at all <laughs> and we just started rapping about you know like eating eating butt and then it became it's another body licking. and then we started we started going we started going and that's when i stopped in the music industry that's when i like at, at a point i stopped rapping i kind of gave up on myself a little bit i stopped with all the music and everything and it kind of gave me a motivation. I was like, you know what? I've been thinking about doing a podcast. And my homie Jules is like, bro, that's gonna be the name. <laughs> and <then laughs> <then>, booty licking track. <laughs> yeah, we we threw it together. I know it's a little it's a little outrageous, you know, like a little borderline when you especially when you see it online, it just like, wait, whoa, like ooh, <laughs> when you look at the name of it.
0: Yeah, you messaged me and I was like, huh, what what the it actually caught my eye, you know. I was just like, Man, this 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 sounds interesting, at least from the name. Um, yeah, and yeah. you know, from what I've heard and for you told me, you know, it's, it's really interesting because like, I'm, I wouldn't call myself musically inclined at all, but I do like music. I like all kinds of music and just being able to talk to someone like in the industry and you talk to, you know, you know, a bunch of people, you hang with a bunch oh, of people yeah. in the industry. Um, who's probably like the biggest name that you've, you've, uh, interacted with.
1: Ooh, <clears throat> like, Ooh, that's a hard one because i guess
0: like mainstream
1: mainstream hmm. that i've interacted with like like hung out with
0: uh i mean you know with through the podcast or like just oh. like uh okay. social media okay. or like anything
1: oh so that i mean so one of my buddies shout out to john Casbar, he's like a booking agent type of dude and he knows a lot of big names <clears throat> i mean he's been doing it he's i think he's about like almost 40 he's probably like 38 around there so he's a little bit older than me but he's been around for a while he's been doing this for about 10 15 years so he's met a lot of big names he came out from detroit he like you know he knows Royce 59 Eminem, you know D12 all those type of dudes uh you what is it United States of Mind. I think it is I don't remember USMC, something like that. Uh, he knows a lot of those bigger artists. So he's brought in a lot of them out here and he does both sides of the industry. So he does like he used to do like rap and hip hop, but he does like reggae and rock and like pop and stuff like that. So he can mix it together. So I've met like people from the flow bots, you know, you know what I'm saying? I've met Royce, I've met I've met a lot of artists, like, you know, people from Tropedelic, they're huge. Um you know, random people from like Sublime, what other bands, like just everything, bro. Like he used to do like a lot of um, after party and pre-party booking for 311 and Sublime and, you know, big, huge bands like that. So I've met a lot of people. Like I I said, I've hung out with dudes from the Flowbots just like chilling by a fire, you know, just drinking, smoking weed and stuff like that. So I've met a lot of artists. I haven't necessarily worked with a lot of big artists, I would say, because... I mean I'm just not at that level yet but <clears throat> I have worked with like huge artists in my city and I've been known to you know roll around with those artists and you know go to be in the studio with them and have them on podcasts like I mean uh, huge artists in our city like Kid Kev and uh, Epitap Beats you know people like that DJ Kush um, I used to work for a record label too that was kind of signed under called Melania Records and we we formed a huge music scene out here like you know we had like raw tune project 432 they just played at red rocks like last year on 420 with i think was it was like 311 or some like kind of reggae band like that they played with them on 420 like we it's just huge shows you know method man the rapper yeah yeah like we've been, I've been backstage at his show smoking weed with my friends that are playing his show i've I've met two chains you know all just a huge titty. artist. Stuff titty like boy that. <laughs> yeah Titty boy two Chains. so i mean, I plan on really working with a lot of people especially now I have a lot of things in the works that I've just been, I've been, I mentioned them on my podcast too, but just a lot of the new stuff I've coming out with, I've switched up on producers, sound engineers. I've switched up on people who are going to mix my stuff. I've done a lot of different writing and different writing techniques to really accomplish like verses and hooks and to catch people's attention and everything that we're doing to it. It's not, it's not the sound of the next four years it's going to be the sound i feel like it's going to be like it's going to make the sound for the next four years it's not just going to be the same little oozy vert rap you know how they they have their trends that come in and they probably last a good four years (laughs) and then they're out i feel like it's going to make one of those sounds
0: cool so uh what's your current genre i guess you would be considered kind of like uh like like a a form of hip-hop would you say
1: yeah so it's like it's it's a form of hip-hop but it's more of like a deeper hip-hop it's more it's more i don't know how to explain it, it it's so you know there's a lot of just like normal hip-hop out there but when you yeah. start getting down to even more underground artists you, have you ever heard of like trap rap or stuff like that yeah, or like tra- drill trap music? rap <clears> throat> there throat> throat> like, <laughs> uh,
0: there's like a like trap hop too or something like that right? yeah so
1: i do a lot of stuff around there i don't necessarily stick with one sound even in one song it'll change i'll have like a like a poppy kind of like singing like hook and then it'll be about whipping thorns and shooting extended clips out the window and the verses you know stuff like that so i'm more of like a drill type of shooter rapper kind of guy like you know if you're about to go rob a bank you're gonna to listen to that song before you know like <laughs> that kind of music that'll get that's you that's the pump. hype music yeah the hype music the yeah, intro yeah, yeah. music right there <laughs> yeah exactly but so what,
0: what what got you into it
1: the music honestly dude so i used to hate hip-hop bro like I used to hate it I could only listen to like a couple of 2000s type of songs you know and then I was a junior in high school and I started to like it I started getting the scene I was my ignorance kind of left a little bit so I was being more open-minded I was hanging out with different groups of people I was not just listening to like heavy metal and screamo and you know stuff like that I started being like okay okay now let's different artists so i had different artists pour in i started listening to it and then by my senior year <clears throat> i still liked rap but that's when a lot of that really so 2013 is when i graduated so the rap that started then it was horrible and i was like you know i was like f this dude i'm gonna i'm gonna be a rapper i'm gonna be the best i'm gonna be rich i'm gonna make me yeah none of that happened yet but <laughs> so i had like this whole plan set out And originally, I just was like, oh, I just want it for the money. But uh, eventually, over time, within a year or two, I found love for the music, and I found love for being in studios all the time, working on the softwares, working with engineers, you know, just really seeing the the behind-the-industry things. Like, it's not all just – you know, rapping on a mic or performing a show. There's so much crazy stuff that happens in between the scenes that I wish people could just like see and experience, but you they won't because we don't I'm not, I mean, some people will videotape it, but you don't see a lot of especially underground artists and the crazy shit they're doing, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean I think that's the you, you're you're at the level where it's like you're in it and then like everyone can see it from just the surface you know it's like one of those iceberg yeah. things and it's like right. the deeper you get the more you know and that when i was in high school i did listen to a lot of rap and like like hip-hop um and same thing with you it just kind of got stale and it, it didn't like this the, the sound wasn't right for me and yeah. i actually transitioned into a dubstep for a while and i was Good just listening dubstep. to that yeah <laughs> it, it was just sort of like straight just like you know beats for me i i didn't i didn't listen to anything else besides i I hated i don't know why but i just hated lyrics like i was just like i was so done with lyrics and it was all about the beats for me
1: at one point all the lyrics were so mainstream like it all meshed and blended to the same crap and every song had the same meaning every song had at least the same couple of bars which are like you know just like what people are saying in lyrics so
0: and on top of that like you can't really understand what most of them are saying. Like, the mumble rap scene. <laughs> that, dude, like, you can't understand a word they're saying. Like, the song, uh, fuck, what was it? Panda? Uh, Panda
1: by Designer? Yeah,
0: dude. You can't <laughs> understand shit, he says. Nah, and it's like, bro. we looked up lyrics, and it's like, what the
1: fuck? Like, what the fuck? You have to, especially, like, all these artists out here, like Lil, Lil Pump, Lil Uzi Ver, um, uh, just a lot of people just in that general area they i don't know they kind of just like bring on like their younger homies and their younger friends and then they start rapping and then they you know put them on in a sense i mean they do put in work but they put them on and then they're, now they, they skipped lines over making yeah, different yeah. sounds and breaking different barriers of music they just skipped lines now they're just up here kind of not necessarily at the top but they're getting towards there with one sound and they it I don't know. It all sounds horrible to me. Like, you know, all those artists, it's because, I mean, honestly, bro, I use auto tune. I use reverb. I use a lot of the new effects and a lot of the new mixing stuff. But here's the difference these guys go in the studio, a lot of them are on lean. A lot of them are on drugs. A lot of them are using those effects as a crutch. I'm using those effects to capitalize the situation. I'm going in the studio and how I present myself and how I'm going into the song, how I'm spitting it, how I'm singing it. I'm actually doing it as in, I don't need auto tune. But we put the auto-tune on there, and you can hear everything I'm saying. We're just cleaning it up. We're just making it sound great. We're not trying to you know, catch me in mumbles and, and then crank the reverb so you can kind of slow it down a little bit and hear me, but then crank the auto-tune because it sounds like shit. You know? yeah. it, it's not like that. I, I use it to like actually capitalize the situation, and that's what yeah. a lot of artists struggle with.
0: You, you kind of start with like the acoustic version,
1: and then yeah, you build right. off of that right and I mean sometimes when I go in the studio and I'm recording sometimes I'll have my engineer I'll be like hey bro I need you to key me in so like I mean so I'll have him throw the auto tune on the mic as we're recording and so I can hear myself with the auto tune and I'll have him key me in so I can gauge it myself and then when we go in to actually record it I can even just do it like as in I would do it recording it normal but I'll key in the auto tune while I'm singing it because I can hear it so I mean a lot of artists don't do that either and a lot of them just Get, kind of get in there do a layer over a verse and then quit out and just they rely too much on the mixing basically
0: yeah yeah so for your your song like i guess like you call it songwriting songwriting, like lyric writing like what's what's the process for you you know like how long does it actually take you to, to to come up with with uh like a like lyrics and come up with like the bars and and and, and kind of flow with it how, how what's that process look like
1: <clears throat> honestly it depends on just kind of what's going on in my life at a certain point when I was working really hard, I was with a record label. I was, we were, we were on a, a point to like kind of blow up in a sense. We were working. You know. Um, Now I don't, it's, it was a better flow then like i mean i, I had three studios for like four studios i was always with my producer which was my best friend i was always with my hype man which is another one of my best friends and he's an artist jdj from the podcast that i do you know i was always with them so my motivation you know was always up was always through the roof i was always writing i was always thinking of new things and then throughout the years you know just everything kind of crashed like i like i said i used to be an alcoholic i'll touch up on that at one point but like everything crashed and I kind of came back into it. So now when I'm writing, I can write a song in probably like 30 minutes or it might take me three days. It just depends on what kind of mood I'm in, if it's the right beat. If, it, if, if I've been like, you know, freestyling for a couple of days and just been hanging around, you know, other rappers and just kind of picking up that energy, I could write that song out in like 30 minutes if I'm really feeling it and make it good and then touch it up and tweak it in a couple of days and it'll be done. But other than that, it might take me a week, dude. You never know. It, it, it just ranges from how motivated you really are or what is, <clears throat> what at the time is inspiring you. But you have to make sure that also you're, You're making the sound you want from the song, like lyric wise, you can't just write whatever you want because you want it to all correlate and you want it to all mean or, you know, make sense of something. So doing that, it's a little tricky to kind of hold that in there, especially like I said, I can write a song in 30 minutes, but I'm going to have to go back and tweak it because I don't know if it's all going to correlate with each other. I don't know if it's going to sound right. It might be about you know going and shooting up a block and then the next verse might be about it might be about like you know sipping or something, you know it won't make sense it just will be all over the place so you got to watch out for that like a lot a lot
0: so have you ever come out with an album or like album? Anything, like a like an ep or something oh
1: yeah uh, so uh, so i have a bunch of singles out and then i have two eps out uh Suburban savage part one and then suburban savage part two Those are the EPs. I'm working on the third EP right now because those EPs were from years ago, like like probably a year before I even quit. So those are from a while ago. So I'm working on a new EP right now that has probably like... five tracks on it but in the middle of all this i mean i had albums i was working on like one of my last producers from millennia records you know we, me him and jdj we had an album we had it was almost done all we had to do is tweak a couple things here and there and mix it down a little bit more and it would have been done you know we probably could have you know, it was probably like how many songs is that like at least like 14 i think it was at least like 14 tracks lost the files gone oh, all man. of it gone all that time all it was probably like months and months of writing making the beats together when we would all do it together i would write with them in the room i would make the beats of them cuz like i was signed under them so <clears throat> i would do all my work around them you know and then once all that crashed you know that's when That motivation I was talking about earlier—that's when I crashed and stopped. That's when I quit out of the industry. That's when I was like, you know, fuck this. Because he ended up liquidating everything and taking everything, and I had to rebuild another studio a couple of times. Honestly, so I don't know. It's hard. It's this is a hard industry, dude. It's
0: yeah. It's it's like it
1: makes me sad, but yeah.
0: It's like one of those industries where you know it's like it's not as appreciated as much as it should be you know especially yeah. cuz everyone listens to music and and it's like you got to understand that it's an art form and people put like their heart and soul into it you know um and you said you did the beats too right
1: yeah so i would make beats with them as well and i mean on a, on some of my songs even the eps that you hear <clears throat> some of them i lease beats you know from from some producers i know throughout the city i would privately get them leased and get all their files from them but most of the time i made my own beats honestly so i mean and it wasn't even just me i had to give a huge shout out to carl robeson that was the uh head engineer of the record label like my best friend the ceo of everything so he he was probably the main reason why i even learned how to do half the stuff on the softwares i didn't even know about you know
0: yeah so like which which process do you like uh more i guess like lyrics or beats
1: Oh man, that's a hard one. It depends who I'm really making. If I'm making a beat by myself, no, nah, I'm good. I can't. <laughs> I just, I'll get too sad because it just, everything, you know, just from the old days and just everything, my brain, I'm just like, no, nah, I just lose all motivation. So the songwriting, I like that more. I mean, especially because I can be more open with it. I can just just say dumb shit and just kind of see if something works or something funny comes out that i could use you know that's i I like doing that especially like when i'm with jdj we'll just sit here in the studio right here and we'll sit here and get high and do nothing but spit and freestyle for hours and it's a lot of it is nonsense (laughs) but a lot of it we do build stuff like i've built tracks off of freestyles like you know a couple bars here like oh that was hot and i'm like oh i remember i said this one time and i'll write that down and i'll correlate everything together you know tweak some stuff But that's probably my favorite part, man, unless I'm with, you know, a producer of mine, uh, you know, even Justin Hardman. he, He works for Colorado Sound Studios. He's one of my engineers right now. I love working with him. Like, I'm about to go in. I think it's Sunday. I'm going into his office. We're going to start a beat. And, I mean, that's going to be a blast. I want to bring JDJ with me. You know, we're just going to have a blast making it. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen then. I might get more motivation and bust out my keyboards and, you know, start buying new plugins and spending all types of <laughs> unnecessary money.
0: <laughs> yeah, man. If, if it's a passion for you, you can't give up on it, you know? Even – especially when you you have those kind of like situations where like you said you you lost all the files and you lost pretty much the whole album like months of work.
1: Oh, like, months.
0: Yeah, that that should be that should be a kick in the butt to to keep going, you know, to 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 try again. It's Cause hard. Like, yeah.
1: Cuz I mean, so after that happened with him, <clears throat> I already had another separate private producer, uh DJ Kush. And so I would go to him all the time. And he makes a lot of my stuff. He's done some of my music videos. He's done some of my cover artwork and he's helped me network a little bit with just some other artists. Um, he ended up, so he ended up, he didn't, I don't know, he like moved out of his studio that he had. He, he just like took all the stuff down, all his equipment and just moved out and was going to move into another one, but instead just joined this other studio called The Lab out here. And he joined with them and joined forces with them. And I was like, okay, cool. So now I can come back in the studio. I had the whole EP through him actually as well. He lost it. So we I had about I wanna say a thousand, maybe a thousand five hundred invested in the EP, especially with through with him and everything that was going on. We were almost done mixing. We we're almost done everything. He just brought in his hard drives. We get in the studio. All the files are gone. All of them i'm pissed because that's like 1200 1500 right there just all together i mean that could be two grand at that point i don't know two five you never know three grand and so i'm like okay whatever so we can make this right so i was like all right so you have a new catalog of beats he's like yeah i got a new catalog of beats okay so since you lost my investment let's make another one i'll still pay you out for certain things and like recording time i'll pay you out for but the beat just give it to me. You know what I mean? Just you have the files. It's I'm leasing it for free, basically. And he's like, okay, so we talked about it. We hashed out some details. And I was like, just send me some snippets, which are like little clips of each beat, and I'll see what ones I want. And he's like, okay, cool. So we get through it and I said, okay, cool. I'll take this beat, this beat, and this one. He's like, oh, I'm not leasing them anymore. I'm just selling them exclusive, which is is selling all the rights to the beat. I was like, motherfucker, you told me. (laughs) You told me that these were free for me. And now you're going to say that you're not leasing them. Then you want to charge me like exclusive rights for it. And I was like, nah, bro, nah. And immediately just like went off on him and just like kicked him out of my life completely. Like, cause he screwed me after losing all my investment. And then coming back with some of that crap, I was like, Nah, bro, uh, uh-uh. uh, that that ain't right. So that's when I completely stopped music for probably like a year and a half. And then in the middle of that, I started this podcast because, might well, another booty licking track. I started that podcast because I was getting so depressed because I wasn't around the industry. I was around all my friends that were in the industry, but I wasn't around recording. I wasn't around softwares, and I was just getting sad all the time. And I just was just like, yeah, starting the podcast and then, you know, rapping in the kitchen one day. Another booty-licking track came a thing, dude. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like it. I like it. So like, yeah. your your podcast, um, it's available everywhere, right? Like Apple yeah. Podcasts and all that stuff?
1: Yeah, dude. We're on all platforms. <clears throat> uh, you can look up ABLT or just look up another booty licking track. You can find it. You could probably just type it into Google and it'll pull out with our Buzzsprout bro. Yeah, pretty pretty unique name. So. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, off the wall name. I thought like immediately, so when I started that podcast, bro, honestly, I thought it was going to like, I thought it was going to be clickbait because who the <laughs> hell posts that crap? Like who posts that? I thought it was going to be clickbait. I got so much negative feedback off that name. Like people were pissed. Like, okay, so even like my first episode that I had on there, we had one of my old, like this dude was my best friend, bro. Like one of my best friends. I've known him forever. I was like even like an uncle to his kid and everything. So he ended we ended up just telling one of the one of our funny stories and shit from that podcast on the first episode. We're like, hey, you know, just talking about, you know, what we're gonna be doing with the podcast, telling funny stories. And one of the stories he got really offended about <laughs> and thought and thought that he was gonna be in the right to try and sue me. And yeah, so it got really intense for a minute and I was dating this chick at the time and like in the middle of this, like we were still cool. And like, you know, after he was trying to threaten to sue me, I was just like trying to calm him down because I was just like, dude, stop being a douchebag. I was like, come on, bro. Really? And I was just trying to calm him down. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to sue me and I wasn't really scared of it, but I just didn't want anything to escalate over a fucking story. So I was dating this chick at the time and what really ended it was like she because he kept blowing up my phone like you better take that episode down right now. I was Like, nah nah hell no, nah. and my girlfriend grabbed the phone and was and started going off on him and he was like shut the fuck up bitch and she just went what and then ever since then i just haven't talked to him
0: <laughs> but That's it's very funny
1: i was listening to that last episode the consequence of habit with jt yeah
0: yeah the, um, the, this last one
1: I liked a lot of the things you had to say in there, especially with like, you know, kind of getting everything together, you know, mental health wise and physical wise, especially with, I was listening to, you know, how he went to the 12 step program and I can relate to that. You know, is when I was drinking, I was an alcoholic dude for since, probably since I was 16, I was able to, at one point or not at one point for a while, bro, I could kill a 30 case to myself and keep drinking the whole night and keep going. Like, that's how intense it was. It wasn't just, oh, I partied a lot. Like it was like, drinking 24 7 non-stop and it started like ruining my life <laughs> little by little yeah and yeah. Then I was 21 and my doctor like well I was just listening to this episode and I was like god damn it just made me rethink about everything that I was doing I was only 21 at the time and my cousin was 29 and she died of liver failure because she was a heavy hardcore alcoholic and I went into the doctors and my doctor was like yo he's like do you drink I was like yeah he's like I highly suggest you stop he ended up i think there's about nine months of like you know like how they scan for babies or whatever the ultrasounds yeah they were doing ultrasounds of my liver all the time dude we were i was going in there doing non-stop blood work all this crazy stuff because of my drinking it like took over like a lot of stuff i was getting like fatty liver you know all that crazy stuff um uh, what is uh amazons my amazons are through the roof all all that and i never went to the 12-step program i never went to that because i was too scared i was too embarrassed and i I just didn't understand it because at the time i was in such the music industry so heavy where all we were doing was drinking and doing drugs no matter where we were going and at one point when that all came crashing down in my face bro like i i straight up used to like cry in my car when I was trying to go sober because I didn't think I was able to do it especially being an artist and you know being in that industry I didn't think I was going to be able to make it out alive and actually do that and I didn't think I was gonna be able to quit and I thought I was gonna lose all my friends I thought my music was gonna just randomly start sucking I thought I was gonna lose all my connections you know stuff like that and I don't know it just really like got to me I was like god damn and then my last girlfriend was a you know addict and alcoholic and she totaled my Subaru and I stopped I completely stopped like drinking again at that point because like I went back to drinking but I was only drinking like maybe a couple beers a month honestly and I was like fuck I can't so I started drinking a little bit more and more and I realized I had a problem again and then I went back to AA I like I didn't go back to AA that's when I first went to AA and I was just thinking you know because on the the episode that you guys are talking about you know you need to be vulnerable you need to you know really reach out and better yourself and I was saying why did I never do this from the start why didn't I why was I so scared for help why was I so scared about what other people were going to think of me why was I scared about being embarrassed you know
0: yeah I mean like on that episode I was talking about how like as 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 men we have that whole stigma where we got to like man up and like especially you being in that industry where it's like if you're not doing it you're not in it you know it's like that's such a a, a a toxic environment to be in, especially for someone that realizes they have a problem, but then realizes that they can't exactly like step away from that problem. You know, it's, and it's, I, I get it, you know, cause like uh, I, I had said before, you know, i I'd, I'd been in an environment <clears throat> where I was around people that were like that and, you know, yeah. it wasn't the music industry, but it was a world where like people, that, you know, my friends or people that I thought were my friends, they would be doing that all the time. And it's like, I don't want to be stuck in that. I don't, I don't want to get, go down that path. And it's, if you're a real one, you'll come with me, you know, or, or if you're right. a real one, you'll support me. And it's like, that's when you really find out who's on your side or not is, is when, when you show your back, you know, like, like, are they going to talk shit about you or are they going to help you? You know, are they going to watch your back? You know, that kind of thing. So it's like, yeah. I mean, it's a good thing you're out of it though. Right.
1: The, the drinking. And yeah all the drugs. yeah all I do now is smoke weed even though like <laughs> That's kind of wrong to say like I'm sober But I, I don't know I'm a, I'm a different type Of sober I just smoke weed and that's really it I mean I used to do a bunch of crazy shit Like you know like I I saying bro at one point I would walk into parties with a like a couple You know beer bongs like the mm-hmm. beer funnels Yeah yeah I'd have them like looped Through my belt like they were holstered <laughs> in there. I used to walk into parties like that If you see any douchebag coming in your party Like that you kick him out right away that guy has No good intentions he plans yeah. on getting Shit house and puking on your carpet And on all of your nice laundry and ruining your bathroom that's what his plans are
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the the <laughs> yeah the dude with the octabong
1: yeah the dude with actually so i had this thing one time it was called the bongzilla it was a the six bon- it was a six foot tall beer bong and it had six <laughs> hoses on it and it could hold a 12 pack of beer
0: Jeez, i think that, i've seen that actually like
1: excessive i had that when i was 17 bro i had it for till I, oh, til I quit drinking bro till i quit drinking and i threw that shit away
0: man, I don't, I don't, man like looking at that stuff now it's just like I throw up just like looking at it like oh, oh dude God, it makes dude. me
1: gag I mean so all my friends drink and all of them know that I don't drink and yeah I did lose a lot of friends throughout all of this but they like you said they weren't really friends you yeah, know yeah. what I mean they were just looking for the good time which I can't necessarily blame them but if they didn't have my best interest you know <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Their, you know what I mean if they weren't like really vested in me then I don't really give a fuck
0: <laughs> exactly dude I mean it's like you know it's as you grow older and i think we're about the same age as we grow older it's just like our circle of friends gets smaller but it gets tighter you know and it's like the people around you they, they they become more than friends like i tell people this all the time i don't like you know what? you ever seen fast and furious oh
1: uh, yeah i don't i don't know know why. got I made friends nine of them.
0: <laughs> i don't i don't got friends i got family you know like that's family? the that's what you need yeah yeah that's and what do, you so need it's man. all about family yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so And all my friends still drink, and they drink openly, and they drink in front of me, which I don't care or have a problem with. Like, even on my podcast, we sit here and get fucked up. I mean, I get high, but they will all, you know, have, like, nitrous passing around the table. They'll have, like, beers, vodkas. They'll have some bombers ready, you know, everything. So – i I can still be around it because when i was going sober i was still in the industry i had no choice but to be around it i still had to go do promos i still had to go out to other people's shows i still had to go do guest set lists you know i had to go do stuff like that like i didn't have a choice if i wanted to stay relevant if i wanted to stay in it if i wanted to stay working i needed to stay in it i i could i had to separate bullcrap aside i was like whatever i can't drink like i I didn't think I was gonna be able to quit drinking because who who's an entertainer that doesn't get messed up? Who's an entertainer that doesn't chug bottles on stage? I just had those ignorant thoughts all the time. And I really thought about it, like not a whole lot of artists, like real artists that are still popping from even let's say 20, 2010. <clears throat> those artists that are still in these 10 years and have still remained, you know, hit artists. A lot of them, I wouldn't say they're sober, but a lot of them aren't huge drinkers a lot of them aren't huge drug abusers i mean of course you know you get some in the mix like uh mac miller and you know some of these other ones uh xx temptation juice world all those dudes you know, I mean, they weren't popping for that long. Mac Miller was pretty big for a long time, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, a lot of artists fall off and fall off quickly because of the drugs and the party life that they don't know how to separate it. You see it in the music videos, but those artists necessarily don't live like that. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just cause yeah. You see it. They're just they're putting what you want to see. Basically, exactly. like they know what you want to see. So they're going to give you that content. That doesn't mean they necessarily do it all the time. And people take that as a lifestyle because they see Tyga on Snapchat premium. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, so. I mean, people need to kind of learn how to separate the things and find what's real and not. And it took me a while to find what was reality and what wasn't, because I had that same thought even when I was at everybody's music video shoots, even when I was the one holding a camera, holding the light, even if if it was my own music video shoot for a while, I was always mm-hmm. drinking and, you know, partying on the set with along with everyone else. But I took that seriously as in I'm young, bro. It's just, you know, let it out. You got to get it out. I didn't realize I had a huge problem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> until a yeah. doctor had to tell me. And then that's when I kind of had to get my, you know, my T's crossed and I's dotted, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like that because uh, last time we had talked about like uh, like social media being a, being a big part of like why we have those – you know conceptions like watching those music videos especially like young people you watch those music videos and you think that's like actually how they live but then like the vast majority of them don't you know they don't do that and it's like um i can't speak for the music industry because i'm not in it but it's like something like the fitness industry where you know what gymshark is yeah the brand gymshark yeah gymshark it's a brand it's a, uh it's like a workout uh clothing no, line.
1: No, I don't. Then no. Okay, so it's I like this... just like the term. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's like this
0: really, like I think it got popular maybe like a year and a half ago. Like this, literally, like three dudes that just started making T-shirts, and all of a sudden they're like a multi-million dollar, almost billion-dollar company, and it's all because oh, like yeah. they sponsored like literally everyone, but it, literally everyone they sponsored was like these jacked, like yoked motherfuckers, like. Even like the girls, they were like they're fit as fuck. And it's like everyone wants to be like be like them, right? Like these influencers, you see mm-hmm. those bodies and it's like, oh man, they're they're so cut, they're so lean. But then like the vast majority of them were on steroids. And oh, it's yeah. like they're on you know,
1: enhancements. Like
0: people will like wear the Gymshark shit and they're like, Man, if I train like them, this is like the most functional clothing ever, but it's really not. And it's like the they wear this shit because it works for them and it's like it feels good on them. And it I mean Dude, it's all the like marketing exactly and it's like it's like a very similar thing where it's um you know you give this expectation of like that's that's what you could be but then in reality unless you start doing some stupid shit you're not you know you're not you're not gonna look like that you're not gonna be like that you're not gonna live like that you know yeah,
1: you got to drink a gallon of milk a day <laughs> all right you gotta pump those iron <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like stuff with, like that i think a lot of it too is the dopamine like um you, I'm, ins- I'm assuming you know what dopamine is and yeah, like yeah. what it does it's like the sensories in your brain and how you receive things a lot of that is blown because of social media because you know you're on your phone and you're just whoa you know like you say you're looking at porn for the first time that <laughs> whoa! face you get that's what's going on in your brain constantly so it's not a whoa thing anymore this is just completely normal which it shouldn't be i mean you should be able to like, scroll facebook and call friends and do all of that but people use it as a whole nother thing and that's where their sensory overload comes from and now they have to rewire their brain but they don't realize that they have to do a detox they don't realize what they're actually doing to themselves they just think oh it's that cliche of what everyone says well cliches are true for a reason you know like if you you know if, if you stare too close to the tv you're gonna go blind or you know if you listen you know all, all types of stuff like that. And when you're sitting there constantly staring at your phone, you're not really in reality. You're not really listening to other people and what's going on. You don't actually care about what's going on around you. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. yeah. You're not, you're not seeing the world for real. Yeah. You're not seeing what's in front of you. Um, man, like even for myself, I have an Instagram, but like, I don't use it at all. And like, I started to use a lot less, pretty much the only thing I actually use is uh like reddit
1: same here yeah facebook but see facebook i'll post i haven't had facebook in like 10 years oh see you're smart you're smart (laughs) See, see this is what i do though i don't i don't really scroll facebook to be honest so i'll post it on facebook and then i'll post it on the podcast pages that i'm in on facebook other than that I don't care. And I don't use it. Uh, Instagram, I started using it a little bit again. Like, so I brought all my social media back because a little bit ago, not even within the last few months, I was doing a lot of, you know, self detoxing, trying to better myself and improve because I had a lot of stuff going on. So I pretty much, you know, went out without a phone for like a month all the way around not like a month straight you know I, I my phone broke and that was out for like a week and a half but i chose to do it on my own for 2 weeks so i was like almost a month on my own without a phone And I kind of realized I started caring about the little things. I started caring about normal shit, not checking your phone. Like, oh, that person didn't like that comment. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or all those expectations. And I brought all my social media back. I've never used Twitter really at all. I started using it maybe again. I posted like two things on there in the last couple of weeks. Instagram, same thing. Facebook's the only thing I really use. Reddit, actually, I use Reddit way more than I use Facebook, to be honest. But I don't even – really release my stuff on reddit which i should start doing yeah i mean the the issue with
0: reddit though is like it's it's like a huge forum of sub forums you know like all the subreddits and so it's like so hard to actually like get something noticed you know
1: it is especially with the whole karma rule i i hate that karma rule well i mean i kind of get it but at the same time like it should be like a very minimal thing. And and if they check my page, they know I'm not a scam robot type of ordeal. Like I'm just constantly like on all my social media too. So that I don't get. And some of the other stuff, like how you have to format everything, how you have to, when you post it, the formatting on everything, if you're one thing, if you're one, you know, word off, they, they take off your posts. Like, so on one of my posts, I posted my podcast and you want to know why they took it off? Because I didn't post the genre. Are
0: you kidding
1: me? The genre. You know, the whole episode description describes the episode. (laughs) Not safe for work. And, you know, I tag it comedy, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, but you wanted me to, I missed the genre. So I got taken. I think that stuff like that is just kind of a little outrageous. Yeah, I get that too. too. Karenine with it.
0: Because when I try and post my episodes, it's like uh, the genre. I don't know what my genre is. Because I only put. I put society and culture or something, but then I wouldn't consider this like a society and culture podcast because I, I mean, I don't even know what to consider this kind of podcast. It's just, it's, it's, it's whatever. Like I can't, I can't even describe it, you know? And it's that's yeah. how, like, how much was like, I actually, um, when I posted that, that, that guest request for, for you and, and all those other guys was, um, yeah. they took it down the first time because <laughs> I used a, um, I used the wrong link. Like, <laughs> You know, they had that, that, uh, they, they can't do link shorteners or something. And I put a link tree up, you know, you ever use link tree?
1: No, but I saw your link tree. I didn't even know what it was. I was like, I thought that was like your, I thought, so I know you use Podbean. I thought that was your distributor at first, your distributor website. And I'm like looking at it and then I see, Oh no, there's his distributor website. There's his website. There's his Twitter, Facebook, all that. And I was like, what is this and i was like is this just like a link site like a link yeah host? Dude, Like that's exactly what it that. is like you, what is what is that
0: so i found it from uh from a buddy of mine who's like a um he's like a fitness uh blogger or whatever mm-hmm. and so he he was like dude you gotta check out linktree and i was like the fuck is that and then he showed me his and i had the same reaction i was like how do you have all this stuff and so he's like tell me about it and it's it's free to use all you got to do is go to uh, linktree like it's not even it's not even a dot com it's like linktr.ee like that's the website and from there you log in or you create an account and you can literally put any link you want if it's if it's a website you can put it up like youtube wow. you can put apple apple podcast google podcast um i got stitcher on there uh, uh tune in radio like you could probably put like um I mean, you can put whatever on it. And so like, I can wow. have like 20 some links on it and like, there's a, there's a pro version where you can do like um, like ads and, and like statistics and stuff to see like who clicks what yeah, um, or like what's clicked most often. And you don't even need it because you still get some of those like basic statistics. You still can do, I think
1: 14 links or something. Four, that's okay that's an 14 links that's a lot i'm, I'm not
0: sure i think i got <laughs> i think i got like nine maybe nine or ten because i got a i got a i got a bunch i got my website Podbean, uh apple google uh youtube patreon twitter instagram reddit stitcher tune in uh, some, I think that's 12. That That's 12 right there.
1: See, that's a whole lot of links. Dude. And yeah. See, I'm going to actually look into that. I'm actually probably going to build that, but I need to work on my website. I've been literally trying to get into a lot of affiliate marketing so I can start making a lot more money, you know, yeah, especially because yeah. do you do any affiliate marketing?
0: No. So I have one, uh, link, link set up like a sponsor link set up with, uh, boundary supply. They make bags. Uh, um, okay. and I haven't really been pushed. Like, you know, I've been pretty busy this year. Obviously with everything going on, I actually took like a couple of months, three months ish off, like doing any, anything related to this podcast. I even forgot about it. Like, in all honesty, <laughs> like I, I was like, cause we had moved, um, moved house, like from an apartment to a house yeah. and like, I'm like packing my shit. And I was like, what's this suitcase? And I pull it out. It's all my podcast gear. And I'm like, Oh shit, I have a podcast. And like, <laughs> I like, I was like, Oh shit, I gotta get back on it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I do need to get into like that I mean, for me, I don't care if this makes money because I have a job, you know, right. I have I have a, a pretty good, um, you know, well-paying job that, that really, I don't do too much. Like yeah, it's see, one of those jobs where like I, I get paid enough, you know,
1: see, I have a job too, <laughs> but <laughs> I wouldn't say I get paid all, I mean, I get paid a pretty good amount, but I, it's nothing to, I can definitely work this job and retire and live comfortably for sure. But I want to get to the point to where I can quit that job. And not necessarily stay at home Just be more in the industry I want to be fl- not flying <laughs> Everywhere but like in a sense Like I want to be able to affiliate market A lot of stuff so I can start making money And substitute my income And then I could just start doing that Pushing more of my music And start doing more marketing Doing advertisements And start being able to make money All the way around to where I don't have to work this job Because yeah. I mean it's not a bad job I work for like a school district So it's not a bad gig I get great benefits Great pay and you know my pay and everything but i don't necessarily want to do that for the next 20 years bro i want oh, yeah to, i want to do my own thing i want to do the podcasting i want to do just music i want to do all of that so i got to start making my website which i have been procrastinating about because it's just an anxiety full of coding which i don't want to do <laughs> yeah
0: i use uh i use wordpress that yeah. um yeah,
1: don't you have to code for sorry i didn't mean to interrupt don't you have to code for wordpress don't you have to code no, your stuff in
0: so the one i'm using right now i i could um if i had the time and, and if i cared enough like i'm i'm pretty lazy myself i procrastinate on that all the time but um i i they have like a basic um damn i guess i just got really fucking loud there they have like a basic like version if you sign on and you want to create your website they have like templates for you that you yeah. can use uh like mine like i'll be honest my website I I don't, I'm not satisfied with it. Like, like the link system it has is, is just kind of shitty and, and the layout of it and the colors, like there's a lot I want to do with it, but it's just like right now, I, I think primarily I push out more the, uh, the Podbean because, yeah. you know, I don't have videos. I don't have, you know, pictures or anything. So it's not like I need to have a, a, a true, cause WordPress is more of like a blogging system. Like it's, okay. it's more of a blogging, uh, site. So, like, if you have pictures or if you have like cover art or if you have video, um, that's probably a little better. But it may, if you look at my website, it's just literally like my episode and then a link to Podbean.
1: See, yeah, that's just my- how it works my homie uh I have one of my best friends that lives with me he does he travels like the world and that's all he does is just travels and he runs a podcast called Inspired by Fire uh check out his website inspiredbyfire.org it can really give you like a good idea he put He's still working on it right now and just it, it it's a good website but how much work and how much time I've seen him put into it scares me on me wanting to put that effort and time into my own because if you if you look at it you can see he has like a bunch of he has show notes on there, you know, other oh, affiliate wow. links, uh, just everything. He has, you can go through his about page. He has like di- different backlinks everywhere, different pages, like how he set it up and like all the imaging he has on it. Dude. I was like, oh, I just, and I see him work on it all the time. He's constantly, when I come home, he's constantly, I've been at it for two hours, you know, just updating and uploading new shit. And I'm just like, dude, no way. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, I mean,
0: it, it looks clean. I like yeah, it. It's,
1: yeah, he's worked so hard on he's that. He's got an so Audible like, link. <laughs> yeah. And i just, you know, stuff like that. It, it's, it, this stuff is a lot of work, bro. Like, even it depends how much you really podcast, but I've been podcasting a lot. Like, I run my own show to where I, I try to do three episodes a month, but then I jump on other people's shows. Like, you know, I jumped on this one. Last week I was on another one. Tomorrow I'm on another one plus my own. And then I think I might be booking another one for tomorrow as well and then next week i'm on two different shows and then i have one of my own shows so it's like it's 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 a lot of work i mean i'm not necessarily mixing all those shows except for my own so that takes a lot of like stress off the table but it's still like a lot of work to get all the content down to get all the stuff setting up to get the promotion right i mean you don't necessarily have to promote super heavy but if you want to capture other people's fans and capture new fans and get more engagement with fans like stuff like that it's a lot of work just copying pasting getting the right links making sure you're saying the right stuff making sure it's not too cluttered with links and all that stuff dude it, it sucks
0: yeah man it's it's definitely like a lifestyle choice you know you, you gotta you gotta commit in some way and it's like a, yeah i mean it's it's a passion you know like i i talk about it sometimes where it's just like i hate it but then it's like you know when i start doing it i i, I get in this kind of like vibe and i get in this kind of flow where it's just like Man, I could talk for like for hours. hours. Like I could talk for days, you know, and I, I could talk about anything. And it's like, I mean, even earlier, before we even started, we were talking about something completely like we we're talking about the UFC. Oh, yeah. And it's like
1: Khabib and Gaichi.
0: Oh, yeah. And yeah, man, like the, see, we can just talk about anything, you know, yeah. like shit. And you, you're flip flopping between Justin and uh, Khabib, man. I, I like, Jeez, that is going to be lit.
1: That fight is going to that be lit. Did you see that one last Saturday, dude?
0: Last the, Saturday, that was um, – what was that?
1: What fights was it? Hold on. I'm looking at it right now. It was um, – who was it? Somebody sent me a link. Um, it was last Saturday. It was two heavyweights as the, as the main event. But oh, it was um,
0: – type, type uh, and uh, uh,
1: someone else. Oh, I can't remember. But I, I can't even remember these two dudes. See, I'm trying to look at but I can't remember. But there was these two black dudes that were fighting each other. and he, So one of them goes in for a kick. Oh and Buckley, guy,
0: the Buckley you, knockout.
1: Yeah, the one where he holds his—he's holding his kick, like he caught his yeah, kick, yeah. and then he flips up and spins around the back and kicks him in the face, knocks him out. Dude, yeah, dude, like stuff like that, dude, That scares the shit out of me. Why would you want to do that? And especially like, have you noticed all? I mean, not necessarily in the UFC. The UFC is kind of getting there in a sense how political everything's getting with oh, them. Oh man, like, dude, I, mean- I don't want to hear your bullshit. You get you get paid to get punched in the face for a living. You think I give one fuck about your opinion? But <laughs> I mean, it, the, that sounds the, really ignorant. The
0: thing but. is, though, like Buckley, like he has like probably the knockout of the year, right?
1: Oh, with but, that one for sure.
0: But he got paid pennies. Like, legitimately, he got paid maybe a thousand dollars for that fight. What? And he's going back to work at Walgreens like next week after he gets back, gets home from Abu Dhabi. Like, wait, that, what? Seriously, like those those guys that like they're not household names. I mean, not, none of the UFC fighters are really household names, in in right. all honesty, just because MMA is not that big yet. Right. But like, dudes like him, like they still got day jobs, you know? They're they're normal people that just on the weekends, sometimes on the weekends, they go and fight, and like they they literally put their lives on the line. Like that other dude, no one can even remember his name, and he probably got paid a thousand bucks just to get knocked
1: the fuck out like that. See, that's I think that's bullshit because it's like. So these fighters, man. <clears throat> I Dana White, I don't remember how long ago it was, so you can't necessarily quote me on this, but I remember a few years back he took away all the fighters sponsors. He took yep. away so and I think he made it what, just Reebok? 2016 so, yeah he yeah, made so
0: Reebok and monster monster Energy Drinks.
1: all those fighters i mean you know you, you do get paid off the fight but even one of my other buddies is telling me a while like a long time ago when i started getting ufc he was like dude a lot of these guys get paid from their sponsors that's how yeah, a lot of these guys make their money sure. and get their camps paid for and even you know have an income with having to get uh, you know his face reconstructed because he got kicked in the teeth you know with all that he's still getting paid because he has a sponsors when dana white took that away from them that took away a huge income for a lot of these fighters and this is a dangerous sport you got to remember like these fighters pay for their own camps they yeah, yeah. They, they don't i mean yeah a lot of them like i do know like some of them do work jobs so at that point if you're paying for your own camp you're doing this job you got a family you have a lot on the line you can't pay him out way more for just fighting and you're taking away their sponsors like really bro at that point you're screwing your own industry because how many fighters left from ufc to go straight to bellator after that like yeah, it's like,
0: it's dude. it's it's a growing number but like the thing the thing is like you know um I can't even like NFL in comparison like you can't even name like the semi pro league and like when you look at it really Bellator is is not at the level that UFC is and it probably never oh, no. will be just no. because UFC has monopolized it so much especially with the Reebok deal and and the new Venom deal that they're coming out with next year which I I hope is going to be better for these guys because like Venom actually understands MMA and they actually understand like, you know, what these fighters go through. And like, I, I just hope it's going to be better, but man, the thing is like that whole sponsor shit, I-, I don't understand why they just can't like, I understand the uniform. Like, you know, you got to wear certain colors, you got to wear right. a certain brand, but I don't understand is like, why can't you come out with your own like banner, you know, like they used to do where they had banners yeah. full of their sponsors, full of their logos and it's like, you know, it's just, it's, it's a business, you know, you, you can't, you can't do anything about it. And one of the biggest reasons why the, a lot of these fighters are pushing for bigger pay is because of guys like Conor, like Conor McGregor.
1: Oh yeah. That gets hundred million dollar fights. <laughs> yeah. But it's also <laughs> you know?
0: because, you know, he, he negotiated for like pay-per-view buys, like pay- right. or percentage of pay-per-view and like anyone that fought him was basically, they called it like the red panty night. You know, <laughs> yeah. like they, they get the big payday and like everyone was looking for it. And now like, even with the, uh, the Dustin Poirier, you know, mm. Dustin Poirier is going to oh, fight yeah. Connor.
1: Wait, when
0: they're, they're trying to figure it out. So, uh, I think Connor went to him first. He went, he went to Dustin first and was like, Hey, I want to do a, uh, a charity event with, with your foundation and my foundation. We'll, we'll get together. We'll have a, we'll have an exhibition fight and uh, we'll put it on for charity and I'll, I'll even donate for, like, 500 k right off the bat. Wow. Uh, yeah, and they were setting it up. And then Dana comes in, and he's like, can't do that. Like, you got to fight under USC, blah, blah, blah. And they're, like, going with this huge back and forth. And you know Dana the rat fuck. Being, yeah, uh, I hate
1: him. Yeah, <laughs> being
0: being who he is, you know, being the businessman that he is with the ego. And, um, yeah, man, like, that. Uh, that's, it's such an important fight, too, because, like, not only do you see – Someone like Connor going there against someone like Dustin, who like yeah. before when they fought, obviously like, you know, Connor Connor fucked him up pretty good in like the first like thirty seconds.
1: Yeah, but Dustin Poirier is a nasty. He, dude, He's gotten too. so much better. Yeah. I mean, oh, of course, dude, especially throughout the years, but like he's always been just a pretty insane fighter. Like, not yeah. necessarily even an underdog either. He's always just been like he's just been the, the dog. The, yeah, the dog. <laughs> he's been the man of the year, dude. He's yeah he's he's had some insane fights so with with the whole thing with dana doing that i mean i understand like he's like yo i'm not making money off of this but at the same time like being a good businessman means making sure you're i mean they're not necessarily employees but making sure the people that make you money are fucking
0: happy exactly you know what i
1: mean taking away their sponsorships yeah it might have done something to your pocket but overall you lost some pretty goddamn good fighters a lot of people were pissed off about it these fighters that literally get their asses beat and they go through hell to even get in that ring and you're telling me that you're going to take away all their pay because you want more you are already so you could you could take the rest of the money you have for the rest of your life and you wouldn't be able to spend all of it, Dana. Why are you being so greedy? Why are you acting like that? That's the real question because I get, I do get like, you know, you want to make money and you want to put the business in the right direction. You know what I mean? The the business comes first, but at the same time, if you're not taking care of the people that make you that money, dude, you're not going to be able to generate money.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And especially with a fight like this, like the, the Poirier McGregor one, because like, this will def- decide who's next after Khabib Justin because, like, uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, I, I'm hoping because I'm a big Khabib fan. I'm hoping Khabib beats, uh, beat Justin. I think he will, but like, even Khabib said, like, whoever beats Dustin is next in line. So like, if like if Dana White really wants that McGregor rematch, this is it. This is this it right is here. It. But if, you never if,
1: know, McGregor might McGregor might get knocked, dude. I'm not gonna say McGregor's soft, but when was the don't last know. time he really fought dude but and the, especially against some of these animals like you know he is an animal dude i mean so is mcgregor don't get me wrong but you know even the whole thing with floyd when, when he fought floyd yeah. how long did he take off before yeah, he, he was had off for like fight?
0: a year two years
1: yeah exactly
0: but with this man like i don't know because like i'm a big dustin fan too i favor dustin over mcgregor but the thing is dustin's really hittable like you uh you watch his fight with uh Max Holloway even. Like Max Holloway's
1: Oh no, no, Max dude. Holloway's a badass too, dude.
0: Oh yeah, man. So here's here's a fun fact. On his UFC uh I guess statistics, it says he's five eleven, right? And a lot of fighters, they have their like heights like raised. Like Eddie yeah. Alvarez says he's like five nine, but he's actually like five seven, five six. But I'm <laughs> I met uh Max Holloway in person. He is huge like massive like i'm i'm about five five eight he like towered over me dude he was probably like six six one six two like he was a
1: big oh, dude damn do you see i'm like six two six three <laughs> so, yeah he he'll probably look yeah, you in the
0: eyes man yeah and i mean like, he would
1: still tower over me just with all that muscle and muscle dude, mass yeah he's he's a that, big dude all like, line, you know <laughs> um, so
0: who else is like Man, when you look at it, they're way bigger than they actually are. Like someone like uh, Connor, they, people say he's small, but he's really not. He's a big dude. I like wonder all these see, guys.
1: I wonder how small – you know who Mighty Mouse is?
0: Oh yeah, he's small though. He's actually he, like, small.
1: <laughs> I wonder, like, no, yeah. I wonder how small, small he is. Then I mean, he looks like a little rat in the cage, you know, just like how yeah. quick he is and how tiny he is. I think I he's like five, tiny, tiny he
0: five three. Hang on, let me look. Oh, it up. he's God he's damn. small. He's like one of the smaller fighters.
1: Oh yeah, he's. I think he's like one of the smallest in the UFC. I mean, even the dudes he fight, some of them are bigger than him. I mean, that's oh, not yeah. saying much because he's in what the the featherweight or super featherweight uh, or whatever f- flyweight, it is. flyweight, flyweight, flyweight. <laughs>
0: yeah, one twenty five.
1: 120 dude. <laughs> dude you need to five, eat three. some meat bro you need to get He's some five, milk she five three yeah oh my god See, tell you what, what though
0: he'll still kick my ass man oh like, for
1: sure for I'm, sure he, he could I'm, a black jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu. I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu i'm a black belt in
0: jiu-jitsu but he'd still kick my
1: ass like no See, doubt I, I heard on your podcast so that you do do jiu-jitsu and you yeah. do, do training and i was going to ask you about when you do your training are you training to like go and fight or are you just training no. to just i'm to, retired you're just like training to like know <laughs> how to kick someone's ass if you need to and you're um, like probably getting in shape and probably rolling a little bit sparring
0: yeah when i first started i was um like when i first started i was probably like fifth i can't remember how it was maybe like 15 um i i did want to fight and then like, as I did it more and more, I was like, nah, I don't think I want to fight. Because, like, I saw what they were going through. And I mm-hmm. saw, like, you know, all that shit. And I was just, like, being a teenager in high school, not knowing what I wanted to do and having those, like, those, like, issues, I was just thought, like, oh, that's, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to do it. Like, it's just not in me. Um, and, like, even in just strictly jujitsu, like, I, I did do, like, Muay Thai and I did do MMA. um even just jiu-jitsu, like, yeah, there's a lot of, like, push for, like, competing because we do yeah. – there's much of different competitions. Like, we just had Pan Ams, which is, like, um, I guess, like, you could consider it, like, a semi-international tournament, basically international because, like, even though it's supposed to be for North and South America, pretty much everyone from all over the world comes. Um, there's a big push for it, and it's like, dude, I don't want to do that because, like, I'm – I, I would consider myself a casual black belt. Like I do this as a hobby. You know, I do it yeah. for fun. I do it for the the fitness, and I don't want to waste time and money to go travel there. Like I don't, I don't need to pay or anything, but I don't want to travel there and then literally get my ass kicked by these guys that dedicate their life to it.
1: That literally punch trees in Moscow for yeah yeah and gigs, dude you know? like
0: people in my weight class they're like the best in the world. Not, not I'm not talking about just the weight class. Like these guys actually compete against heavyweights and it's like i don't want to do that like dude these guys are these guys are monsters they're animals it's like if i stepped in a cage of khabib it's stupid like it's a waste
1: yeah get thrown around like a rag doll and be sad yeah your whole family and your wife and kids just get to see you get your ass beat on TV. exactly (laughs) you know exactly (laughs) oh see i wonder how that feels so you know how with the whole coronavirus thing how they don't have the crowds there have you noticed how much it really changes the dynamic oh it's completely different and so what i was thinking is because you know when you would see someone get knocked the fuck out you would see like the whole crowd like and you know that person would just be pumped and everything and now it's just dead quiet and they just have to stare at them and be like what did i do what have i done like i just i don't know how to react i just punch him in the face no one's screaming his wife is mad his kids are crying like (laughs) it's it's
0: definitely a more intimate experience (laughs) yeah for some fights i like it you know it really gets to show you like how intense the situation is like um like the first one they did the first main event was um tony ferguson justin gaethje like you could hear the punches like you could hear the wind from the punches like these guys were not throwing light and then like when there's a crowd you just you just see the motions you know because they're so loud in there all you see is them just like throwing punches but man you could you could hear justin just like literally take it all of his energy all of his weight straight into the legs straight into the punches i don't know i kind of like it but then like for things like you know like the knockout like this uh this past weekend yeah. buckley's knockout i don't know about that one because like i feel like i need a crowd to like like what if he starts like wheezing and gagging in there because he's yeah, like, like i don't i don't want to hear having that. a seizure or something pumped, you know yeah I,
1: be pumped that I kicked him in the face
0: <laughs> like um you know uriah hall yeah you remember in uh the ultimate fighter when he knocked out that that dude no
1: i don't see i don't watch the ultimate fighter too much i watched like a couple seasons
0: so dude man like he 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 knocked out um adam adam Sella, and he knocked him out with a spinning back kick basically to the neck and it's like suck yeah and you know in like well the ultimate fighter they don't have a crowd it's just it's basically a reality show of fighters and so like it's very quiet in there just like they have it now um, it's super quiet. I mean there's no audience or anything. And when he got knocked out, everyone initially was like cheering, like, oh yeah, that was that was sweet. That's a highlight real finish. But then like immediately after, as soon as it got any bit of quiet, you could hear Adam Sella basically choking on his own spit because like he couldn't really breathe. And they had to get the stretcher and it's like, dude, he he's, he's like he looks like he's dying. Yeah. And then like, um a lot of people credit that to why Uriah Hall kinda like doesn't fight fully like he doesn't commit as much because it's like he almost killed a dude so he kind of like sees it and it's just like because in the video you can see he immediately he takes like a he goes to like a hundred to zero real quick like he like turns around he's like holy
1: shit that's what happens when you're when you're throwing semi trucks around dude (laughs) someone knocked the fuck out and that's the thing with khabib and gaichi bro what i'm really worried about is because gaichi if you've noticed he throws he doesn't throw like nothing but bombs, but he throws a lot of heavy shots. And if he does that, Khabib's not stupid. Khabib knows how to play defense. If he gases himself out like that, like, I mean, because he always, he, even you can hear his coaches telling him, like, in the corners, like, dude, you stop throwing bombs, bro. Like, you're going to gas yourself. Khabib's going to see that. And then Khabib's going to take him down and throw him around like a rag doll and strangle him. And that's yeah. going to be the end of it. So, I let's mean, hope the, he doesn't do that, dude. Let's hope he. I, keeps I hope the it's gonna be a good fight. Yeah, but I'm the thing is, too.
0: you know, a lot of people say like, "Oh, no, Khabib's never fought a D1 wrestler. He's never fought like someone with the wrestling credentials as as Justin." But two things: Justin himself has admitted that he gets super tired from wrestling, and that's why he doesn't wrestle. And Khabib, like, dude, this, this motherfucker grew up wrestling bears. What Literally. are you gonna What are you gonna do to that? Like, he he is literally from the region of the world where they produce the best wrestlers not not i'm not talking about d1 they're better than d1 wrestlers they're the best wrestlers in the world
1: like it's a different type of culture out there, exactly though. like i mean i'm pretty sure you know they have education and a lot of them go to school and shit like that but it's a whole different culture in american western society you know it is you go to school you do this and it's the law and this and that these people out there, they, they play by a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some of them might get that education, but they're thinking way ahead of everything. They're like, okay, well, we want to like, especially with that culture where they breed wrestlers or, you know, certain places breed like fighters, like certain countries, that's what they're just known for is breeding fighters. It's from like day one, you know, like even out. in I think it was Cuba. Was it Cuba? I think Cuba is pretty known for breeding fighters too. I mean, even back I then. I mean, they
0: breed, they breed all kinds of athletes
1: yeah exactly so so they're dedicated their whole life from when they pop out the womb you know they kind of figure out what they're good at they kind of set them on this little path and they take away some things and see what they're really good at and then from like 11 years old till like 26 you know what i mean that's their yeah. whole life bro is just that so yeah these guys are going to be intense and they're going to be able to kick some ass because we're not that focused and that concentrated on that as in you know this guy was out punching trees and wrestling cows and bears and shit compared to i was going to school and maybe hitting a mat three times a week
0: yeah yeah dude like man the, the places in the world like that like um where khabib's from like i remember reading an article where it was like talking about how like basically your options as a guy, as a kid like as a boy in this in this region of the world is either you wrestle or you go to war like those are your only two options you don't go to you don't you don't go to college you wrestle or you go to war like those are your two options yeah. that's it so like basically it's saying like you can either walk to the gym and train hard or you can just get this gun and go kill yourself like those are your two options and it's like dude that's why Anyone from that region of the world anyone from dagestan is like a beast like kabib and uh you know Zabit mag mega 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 mag- mag- some shit no. he's uh, a <laughs> he looks like abraham lincoln like legit just okay, just okay. L- look him up real quick just type in uh, Z-A-B-I-T, z a b i t he was supposed to fight with on uh, on the same card as uh, Khabib. kabib
1: so z a b i t
0: yeah Z- Zabit Maga, Magomedov. Maga...
1: <laughs> he does though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> dude, he's a beast too. He's a freaking beast. Like, watch some of his fights. He was supposed to fight against um, Yair Rodriguez, and that was supposed to be a crazy fight too. Because like, they're both like wild strikers, and like, man, it was supposed to be fireworks. But like, we were talking about before. Like, dude, this this card is freaking stacked. If you look at the um, Was it UFC 254? I think. Yeah, UFC 254. You got Khabib, Justin. You got Robert Whitaker, Jared Cannoneer. That was
1: insane, uh, though. Man, it's
0: it's 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 going to be a good list of fights.
1: Oh man! See, I'm excited for everything that's coming up, dude. Just especially since sports are back, and I heard like especially since since there's no crowd, even know that like in football they're trying to play the crowd noise. I've heard a lot that it's it's easier to be able to hear their plays. It's you have to be more tactical about shit. Like I I think it was a Steelers. I don't remember what team it was, but they were stepping ten yards back from their their original huddle to discuss what plays they're gonna use because because the D line could hear everything that they were saying it makes it like way more tactical day and especially you can you can coordinate with your offense a lot more it makes a lot more offenses more dangerous because you don't have to you know try and hear someone or call a play through a screaming crowd you know you just can sit there and do it it's i don't know it's changing a lot of things especially with like hockey too like that changed if you i don't know if you're into the nhl or anything like that but it changed that like it changed the playoffs like tremendously, you know, with no crowd, no nothing. Even though they were playing crowd noises and stuff like that, it still wasn't nearly as loud as it would have been, you know. Yeah,
0: like I, I watched uh bits and pieces of the NBA playoffs. Um, and <laughs> I thought it was fucking funny they had the videos of the audience. Did you see that? <laughs> like everyone was I on basically on a Zoom call. And yeah, like did you yeah. see them in the background? That was so stupid. Because or like, like- <laughs> There was just no noise, but it's just not a not bunch of heads.
1: Like when they would put the seats up, I mean, even they did it in football too. They were putting um, like just poster seats, you know, pictures of people, the cardboard the cutouts. So like, yeah, the cardboard <laughs> cutouts, and they were doing this for uh, fans too, to where you know, especially if you're, like, you're a season ticket holder or whatever, um, you can you you have to pay, Which I think this is stupid. If you're a season ticket holder and you're missing out on the season anyways because of COVID, like. First off, you should do this for free anyway. So what they're doing is, is, hey, take a picture of yourself, put it on, like, you know, we'll put it on the thing, blow it up super big and put it on your seat. But you have to pay for it. It's like, nah, fucker, I already paid for the season tickets. Like, nah, dude, like, Neds, dude, what do you mean? No, I'm not paying you for that, dude, what? Like, stuff like that. That's ridiculous.
0: I mean, it's, God, the. The issue is when it all really, I don't like talking about politics on, on the podcast, oh, but
1: I, I don't either. This is purely
0: online. a pol- political thing, man. Like, we could have been out of this whole COVID shit a long time ago if they had just mandated a bunch of restrictions. And, like, you ever hear, like, you hear all the shit coming out of New Zealand?
1: No. What's New Zealand had their there?
0: first full capacity concert like the other day. Really? Yeah. They're, they're, their shit is so together. I don't think they've had a COVID case in months.
1: Well, they're probably actually like, I mean, a lot of other countries too. There's still like little spikes in other countries, but even like just example, like Italy and stuff like that. Oh yeah. They were doing it correct from the start. You know, they were literally shutting everything down and like stay the fucking side. Like, no, don't go outside. Just let's just all be bored for a month and then we can go live our lives again. Yeah. That's kind of what happened.
0: But in New Zealand, it's like they, they have like the contact tracing and they have like the the, uh, I can't remember what it's called, like gene something, but basically, I remember like a couple of weeks ago, they didn't have a case for months, and then they had two cases like out of nowhere, and immediately they shut everything down within the day, and then within a week they used contact tracing to find out that basically those two people had caught it from an elevator button and like I, I think like a trash can lid. That's how that's God, how focused damn. they were. They they got they isolated those two things. They're like, let's disinfect, let's clean those two people that are infected, quarantine for two weeks, everyone else go back to normal. Like, that's how efficient they were. Like, that, that's the power of, of, of understanding what's going on and, and not being so fucking political about everything, you know? Like, this is, this is our lives.
1: Yeah, but everyone wants to be political. Everyone wants to play games, dude. <laughs> that's yeah. what everyone's about. Everyone wants their freaking freedoms. Everyone wants the rights back, brother. (laughs) I don't (laughs) don't get it. Cause like, I was even explaining this to adults and I'm 25, but I was explaining this to grown ass adults. I was like, look, cause like, you know, people would be like, I just think this is bullshit. It's like, dude, just stay in quarantine, you know, like just kind of stay away from people for a month. You know, don't go out. You can't spend money. Everything's closed. It's just like being broke in high school. It's all right. It's just like 30 days. You'll get over it. And if everyone cooperates, we could all we could all come out of this. But no, everyone wanted to do this and do that, and they had to do this. And I'm not wearing a mask. Do do this. The the CDC and this. It's like, dude, just come on, bro. Like everyone else is doing it. Just come on. Dude, just yeah. follow we're, we're, we all have to be sheep here dude let's just follow real quick get it over with and we can go back to living our life let's just be like a broke high schooler for a month and that's it <laughs> you know you know if you got grounded for selling weed in high school or something like that you know it's just like that just just be accepting of it you don't have to fight it you know if it's out of your control it's out of your element to change shit so why even bother trying to you know go about it or argue with people about it it's like dude come on man
0: yeah, but I, that's just that's just the way people are nowadays. You know, everyone's all about like being correct and like being the winner and and and, and like being free and all this all this other shit. But enough political talk. Let's let's <laughs> let's let's get something else. Keep, throw throw me a topic. Throw me a topic.
1: Throw you a topic.
0: Can you freestyle? Can you freestyle right now?
1: <laughs> freestyle. <laughs> I, I could I could spit something that I have down. I could spit you something real quick that I'm gonna be in the studio with on Sunday.
0: All right. Do you on, need do you usually it. need beats or can you just do it like straight off the top of the dome?
1: It it just depends. <laughs> it, depends. If I have the, okay. if I have the melody in my head, I can I can do it pretty well. But uh, so this one is I'm going to chop up on the run Little mini goat like a savage I swipe with the ass on the rim Pat packing in the den. Yo boy got shot Got stashed in the back In the back of the bin. It's straight facts When I dash I smash and I pass in the bends Yo white boy That shit was hard, Crazy Got a couple thirties Got a couple bobbies, Posting the trap 900 horses When we in the robbery Riding with a strap Got some biddies calling They hella fucking mad Calling where you at Moving it like it's crack State to state On a Harley speedin' with a pass Push about 10 When I get back Went to class never come to come the stupid That's why I'm out here gooning keep the heat shooting no creeping oh acting stupid shout out to the a-code gang all the soldiers that keep on losing yeah lots of g bobby we such a public moving. got my gang asking how we do it losing the fake gotta keep improving yeah we just keep, keep keep improving hey so that one was just like a verse that i'm spitting in the studio i'm probably gonna touch it up a little bit more <laughs> before i go yeah, that, was, that was good i man. always like, like to do that
0: hey i couldn't do something like that i you, hard, you've started man. and i was like oh shit he's going so fast
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's hard bro so like when i first started with music i've never been like a super big freestyler like everyone at parties and especially when i was with the record label and we were always out there like come on bro you gotta do it, you gotta do it so eventually i had to just kind of build it up to get it going but i i was never doing shit like that i still don't really freestyle in front of just like anyone i mean like <clears throat> i release my music and you know it, and you know everyone sees it but I don't really like to show people like you know freestyles or you know just dumb shit that's going through my head but after a while I had to learn just to get over it <laughs> and that's the part of the process so yeah dude I mean if if people were to just like you know even when people they get unrealistic expectations of me especially like when I'm in the dating scene and shit like that I, I try to hold back to tell women what I do because they get really unrealistic expectations. I mean, like my last girlfriend, you know, I she knew I was a rapper. She knew I was going into like all this crazy shit. And she was like, Every time we'd go out, she would be like, oh, he's a rapper, this and that. And everyone's <laughs> like, oh, let's put on beats. Let's freestyle. It's like, no, dude, no. I'm just trying to inhale this nitrous and have a good time, bro. I'm not trying to yeah. put on a show in front of like 300 people. I don't even know. Like, what the fuck? You think I'm Drake or something, dude? Just all, <laughs> right off the beat. But, you know, eventually I had to learn to just do it. Like, I mean, I've even shown up at house parties or like my DJ buddies were there. And I've given my flash drive and they plugged in my set. And I've just gone off, you know, like I've done stuff <laughs> like that. But I have prepared for stuff like that. And people with those unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, every time I'd go out, it would be, oh, bro, you got to do this and this. Like I had a manager at a point that was kind of doing that to me. But at the same time, it was getting me out of my shell. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I don't know. It's kind of weird, man.
0: No, I, I dig it. I dig it. But like, so with those, with those lyrics, you, you, you typically do like a like kind of like a freestyle and then you kind of build off of
1: it. It just depends. So like this beat, when I heard this beat that uh, I'm using for this track, I immediately had a hook in place in my head. And what I do and what a lot of artists should do is write the hook first because the hook is what's supposed to be catching people and bringing them into the song. It's supposed to be the main point of the song. And your verses are supposed to explain the hook, you know. so. When when writing stuff like that, I can sometimes, like I said earlier, sometimes I'll just freestyle and be like, oh, that shit was hard. I'll just write that down and keep it for next time. Like and see if it works with something or something like that. But I mean, even with this one, I wrote this song in like a, probably two days. I mean, not like a full 48 hours of sitting there writing it, but like two days you know just sitting there for an hour and then the next day like an hour and a half rewriting some stuff on it and tweaking a little bit so that one i wrote that one really quick but that one i also had like we had uh like a a lot of my a lot of my friends and a lot of the people i've been working with we've had a lot of people kind of just die recently too so like we had like uh like in there og bobby so he just died and he was he was basically gonna be I wouldn't say a rapper, but he was really interested in the industry. He was really interested in pursuing it. And he was just with uh, the. A lot of my friends, you know, are gang members and stuff like that. So he would roll with them. And, you know, I got introduced through all of them. And so, some of the song kind of explains, you know, in the other verse. And then even in the hook, it explains like the emotion of, you know, rolling around with me or rolling around with, or watch who you roll around with too. Cause like, you know, you know, keep your day ones close to you and stuff like that. And that's what that, a lot of that song portrays. I know only did like a verse of it, but like the whole hook, that it portrays, you know, you got to watch who you're rolling with. You got to watch, like, if you're going to roll with me, we're straight head tap and we're like if someone comes up we're pulling out a gun like if someone you have to be ready basically so a lot of that is is kind of dedicated around to og bobby because that he was he was a wild motherfucker for real i mean he, he i wouldn't say just like wild he was just crazy dude i mean he, he was so young he just you know everyone likes to do yay everyone likes to drink everyone likes to party but You know, when you mix that with, you know, banging and selling and drinking and driving and, you know, just really going overboard with it, you know, you can OD and we had another dude from 100k gang. Um, That's a rap group out here. I had him on my podcast a little while back, some of their members, uh, one of their members just died like a couple months ago from. A drug overdose, and then one of my buddies, you know, he's just like we have all this stuff going on. So like, even my next few songs have like all this in place. Like one of my one of my like really close friends, I can't really mention his name, but he is like a drug kingpin in a sense, and he, you know, got busted and all this shit. So like everything, like emotions are wild. People are, you know, like the people I know. I don't sell drugs. I'm not a gang member or anything like that. But the people I affiliate myself with it all correlates together and that's actually like if you if people that listen to this podcast or whatever check out my music you'll see that in a lot of my music that it it correlates with just stuff that's been going on in my life so all at once
0: (laughs) yeah so when you do like these like eps and albums stuff like there's there's a theme to them all or like are they all connected or like
1: so kind of the first ep that i did i would say that that ep was more organized than the second one the first one was more of like you know who am i trying to portray eric the great to be and you know trap out a trap artist you know not necessarily a gang member but kind of a thug in a sense so all those songs correlated with each other in, you know that topic of you know selling drugs or shootings drive-bys you know running drills doing crazy shit like that so it correlated a lot of that the second ep i was just like hey i got like four good songs i'm just gonna throw them together and they didn't correlate each other like at all one of them was called backwoods and you know i mean rolling up backwards stuff like that other one was whipping the foreign other one was (laughs) run it up like none of these correlated with each other they had roughly the same sound roughly the same mix but they didn't correlate anything to be like what is this dude even trying to do so that one i just kind of threw together like half-assed but all the songs and the quality and everything was good but just the whole picture behind it wasn't really forming it together
0: yeah yeah so when you when you rap have you ever like thought about like trying to like sing?
1: Sing, so I do. I <laughs> so I do sing a little bit, and in in that song that I just in that verse, that I showed you the hook that comes right after that. I usually. Uh, try to sing the hook it's kind of hard because it's kind of quick but so when i go into the studio i'm gonna have them slow down the beat a little bit just on the hook so then i can gauge my like the singing on it and then i'm having speed the bpm the beats per minute up on the on the track and and on my vocal so it'll all like match and sound really good but singing dude singing is something else it's it's a it's I would say it's way more hard than just rapping because rapping, you know, you're going through different tones, different voices, but singing, you got to hold notes. You got to hold that letter. You got to hold everything and you got to time it. So it sounds good and meshes and flies into the next few bars. So that's kind of hard to gauge with that. But I mean, singing is mainly, I I do it for hooks and that's it, but not even really that much.
0: So would you consider like, I mean, would you consider rapping a type of singing or would you consider it more of like a, like i i guess like a musical musical poetry or something like it
1: can be depending on what genre of rap you really go into like i mean uh i don't know if you know who like a boogie is or a boogie, Don yeah. Q. yeah so like them they're rappers and they have they have a whole different catalog i mean they're all over the genres they're from here from drill music to trap to, you know, Chirac style to a boogie. He does all that too, but he also does R and B hip hop. He does R and B. He does a lot of his songs. He's straight singing. And then, you know, the next song he's talking about, you know, flooding his AP or a new Patek or a new Rolex and doing shootings and, you know, doing crazy shit. It's just like, these artists are everywhere. (laughs) It's kind of hard, you know, you got to hop in genres, but you want to keep, you know, that sound of what you're known for.
0: Yeah, I mean even the genre things there's just so many different types. Like you got the blends where it's like like we said earlier like trap hop and like like rap hop and like you know all this other kind of like like trap music is 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 different from like rap and rap's different from hip hop and then R&B's in there somewhere and then Oh yeah. like R&B used to be like rock and roll and rock and roll used to be the blues like all this kind of mixing and flowing and it's, it's so hard to like as an outsider it's so hard to like see the actual differences you know
1: oh it is and even like when i first started doing all this i didn't understand the differences yet and or did so the music industry in the last probably the last six years this music industry has been so oversaturated like would just, you know, everyone wants to be a rapper, bro. Like and me and my homie were talking about this earlier too, about podcasting. Podcasting is going to be like that too. Everyone's going to be a podcast. Oh, they everyone, already are. You know, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's becoming that. I wouldn't say this industry is oversaturated just yet, but – um, yeah, I mean, just the podcast industry, but going back to the music industry, everyone wants to be a rapper, bro. Ever since you know all this new mumble rap and all this other crap came out, you know, Six Nine and Lil Pump and Uzi Vert and Lil Yachty and all these dumbass rappers, you know when all this stuff was coming out, everyone was like, oh, I could do that. I could do this. I could do that. I have that same look. I have that same style. Like 6 9 is clearly trash. You're like all the way around, but all she has is a following. So when you have that following, you don't have to have good music. And at that point, people started catching on and being like, well, all you need is a hard beat and you can ride the vocals very lightly and you can have a pop and song." But that's where all that started and then everyone started flooding into the industry. Like, Oh, I could be like him. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And that's where you got the SoundCloud rappers from. That's where like that whole era came from of all the Lils and Zans and, you know, all the stupid ass names, young, you know, all that crap. And it just came from the oversaturation of the industry when people saw what you could do.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the thing with podcasting is, you know, I've been doing it for about uh, three years. Like when I first started, not a lot of people were doing it like not a lot of famous people at least you know it's like you know guys like me at the like the lower end of things um and then like all of a sudden there's this huge like pod boom where you had like celebrities all coming out with their podcasts like freaking um you know like chris pratt i think had a podcast like freaking uh like amy schumer like everyone had a a conan o'brien everyone had a podcast and it's like it really hurts the the um the community, because like you have these famous people, these celebrities that come in there and they have like basically like $100,000, million dollar teams mm-hmm. of producers, of editors. They got video, they got the best quality mics, the best quality like cameras, the best quality everything. And then like guys like me, we can't afford that stuff. We can't compete with that stuff. So like it, it, it really hampers our growth. And then, you know, they do it for like a month and then they're gone. And it's like on to the next celebrity and then a celebrity does that for a month and then they're onto the next celebrity and it's not a big investment for them and it's not a big deal for them, but it still kind of crushes the rest of us because yeah. like we want to get to that level, but we can't because they're in the way, you know?
1: Yeah. Especially. So oh, I want to kind of touch up on that too. Like going back to that. So I feel Joe Rogan and Howard Stern and, you know, the people from the bonfire on xm they kind of really pioneered podcasting when you really look because i mean dude joe rogan's been doing this shit since like 2010 you know 2008 you know he he wasn't the first person with a podcast but he was one of the first famous people with a podcast really other than some of the uh, xm radio shows and stuff like that you hear he really pioneered it for the whole industry and you know he's just an outgoing friendly guy all the people he all the people he brings on he influences a lot of different people and especially since he has the biggest show he has the most reach and at that point he was just you know motivating people to start this motivating people to get it going and everyone started doing it everyone started going and it is bullshit because i mean just like the touch back up on the famous part of like how these celebrities there's not a real big investment for them it's because they have sponsors they have connections they have all this like i can show you like this is my studio and shit after the podcast too i have probably over right now in here just invested five grand Just, i mean that doesn't include like my software my laptop or anything that's just including mics speakers monitors um interfaces pop filters boom arms you know all that stuff do that it adds up quickly and when you have to do that own investment and you don't know the return and you don't really know what you're doing it it's scary but you know amy schumer she can go throw five grand on just this little setup and have that pop in and get rid of it and nothing were to happen you know yeah exactly and she would get what she wants out of it she wouldn't lose any money her sponsors would probably pay for it, if anything some radio not necessarily radio station but some something like that in that area would just bring her in and like oh just rent out this booth but you're amy schumer so you're not really gonna have to rent it just fucking walk in here and do your podcast
0: exactly like i mean even like for you where where you're in the music industry you're in an industry where you can use this equipment you know, like oh, you yeah, can take this equipment and, and you can move it. You know, you could still do your podcast, but you also can do your music with it. But whereas me, like, I've thought about doing like Twitch streaming, you know, Twitch. Yeah. Like, I thought about doing Twitch streaming, but I'm like, fuck, what am I going to, like, what am I going to stream? I'm not great at video games. I'm pretty good at them, but like, what am I going to do? Paint? Like, <laughs> like you know, because it's like I could do like a Bob Ross kind of thing, but then it's like, <laughs> otherwise, like, I, I got to keep doing it. And it's, and like, even even though I am passionate about podcasting, even though I am passionate about the industry, like I can't just, you know, like not use this stuff if I didn't, you know, if I didn't enjoy podcasting. Cause it's like, I invested, like you said, like I didn't invest five grand. I didn't do that. You know, Yeah, I think I probably maybe like 1500 ish
1: yeah see and that's still like whole oh, yeah so uh, yeah i'm probably at like five or four or five somewhere in there and it, that wasn't all spent at once believe oh me. for sure yeah for sure. <laughs> that was over time and like i said when i was under millennia records we had two studios in denver we had one in lakewood we had one in fort collins like we had in one of the studios that was in denver was at my house which is where i'm at right now i mean in a different room this is a new studio i just got this set up the other like a month ago or whatever but you know, with all that, I did acquire some equipment from him when he liquidated everything. Like, yeah, I did get a good pair of speakers, but I also bought those speakers for the for the label. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I had my monitor, but I also bought that monitor for the label. So, like, it, you know, I already had some of this stuff invested. I had a you know interface, couple of mics, and stuff like that. But now I have nine microphones all these softwares you know all this crazy stuff like i even have a travel podcast kit where i use two (laughs) i have two blue yeti casters and then another usb condenser mic but it's also an xlr too it's like a dual it's pretty tight it's pretty cool stuff like that so i have like i just acquired all this crazy shit throughout the years of just not even doing the i think i'm almost on two years of the podcast but other than that like i've just acquired crazy stuff like pianos and keyboards and guitar (laughs) i do not play guitar i had three guitars at one point
0: i don't know that's don't, all it is
1: i don't even know who gave them to me i ended up giving one of them to my buddy john <laughs> so like the other one is my buddy jalen's that lives here i think and then i don't know i think the other one got smashed in the backyard at one point when, you know, <laughs> just people drinking and getting drunk You know, you just acquire weird crap, especially being in that industry. I can't even tell you how many XLR cables and just random music equipment I've acquired over the years, like stabilizers and booms and stuff like that. Where I'm like, I don't, I don't even remember having this here. Like, I don't even know whose this is, but I'm using it. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
0: dude. Like, the thing is, I used to have a lot of shit too. Like, I upgraded my mics over the course of those three years. um This is probably my fourth mic, but. Like, even this one, I want to upgrade, like, pretty soon. Like, this is a uh, – I don't know if you can see it. It's the Samsung Q2U. This is XLR and USB.
1: I think – do I have the same one, bro? Hold on. No, never mind. I thought I had the same one. I was a bit like, no way. Dude, yeah, this
0: this is a great investment because, like, I remember when I first started, people were always on the Blue Yeti, and I'm like,
1: oh yeah, yeah. I, actually so yeah, yeah I, I actually had one. Yeah, I actually had one.
0: But then this one is so much better because this one comes with a stand it comes with the uh the uh pop filter and it comes with the cables and all that stuff and it's XLR and USB and it's like half the price
1: oh yeah see and what i what i figured out was i was a i was an idiot with my first yeti and i was like i don't know how i should really go about this so i just bought the yeti and bought all the parts fucking separate like a retard but <laughs> You can, uh, and especially if you're into podcasting, I suggest this for anybody that, especially if you run your own studio, you have people on your own show. Like in my studio, every guest I have on is usually in person. So, you know, stuff like that. Um, Crap. (laughs) What was I even saying? (laughs) What was I even saying? oh with the with the with the mics so with stuff like that i ended up buying the bundles so if you type in on google type in like podcast bundle kits
0: yeah the little packages that they have so much stuff you can get
1: rockville stuff you can get i mean you can in a lot of this stuff too will they'll supply you with the software if you don't have that and it's you can spend like 600 bucks to get boom arms mics, stabilizers cords all that stuff so that's how i even the yeti I went up and be like, all right, I can buy the whole thing as one, and I found it for the same price as it was just for the Yeti. Well, actually, the Yetis are like 200 I got the Yeti yeah, boom arm pop filter for 120 Damn. Yeah, and it was 200 just for the Yeti at, like, the store. You know what I mean? And, and buying all the separate crap for it. Yeah, no way. Yeah, got to get like, the bundle kits.
0: Man, eventually I'm going to be able to get this to a, to a point where I'm, like, satisfied with what I have and, and not spend any more like I'm try not to, not to spend any more
1: <laughs> <laughs> i'm still not satisfied with what i have and like i have a studio here my, all my friends have studios i walk into professional studios all the time like you know million dollar studios and shit like that so i'm still not satisfied with what i have here and i don't use this studio to record music at all this is strictly like my podcast podcasting. yeah i mean i write music in here and do stuff like that but i don't record in here i always go to like like studio studios with like you know Five thousand dollar mics that I'm recording on stuff like that to really capture better sounds and better quality. But I mean, this stuff here, I got great quality here. But yeah, I don't want to invest more into the the music part of that because that's when it gets super expensive. Oh yeah, plugins and all the just crazy bull crap. You have to buy all the subscriptions and shit. I'd rather just go to my homie's house, pay him out a little bit, and he has all that (laughs) that he already paid for, and I don't have to worry about it.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I mean, we just talked about earlier. You're you're we're talking about how like the social media affects like what, what we perceive as satisfaction and you're, you're actually facing it. You're actually going to like these, like basically million dollar studios and you see all this shit and you're like, fuck, I want that one. Like, yeah, I want that piece. I want this piece.
1: Yeah. I want this piece. I mean, I've even been in like private studios to where like, I mean, even with Kush when he had his own private studio suite and everything like that. And it was just him in there and it was all his own investment. I probably wanna say with everything he had in there, it was close to probably a hundred thousand, maybe a little bit more. And that's just all the with equipment and stuff he's acquired, turntable, just everything. That's not even going into his softwares, his subscriptions he has oh, to yeah. pay for His for new sure. camera, all that stuff So like I want to say that dude's probably invested a quarter million Into his own studios, own like stuff like that That's when it gets fucking crazy dude And that's why I'd rather just go to like you know the million dollar studios Because I mean like I said a lot of my friends are in the industry And they'll pull me up at you know KMG or I, mean, I don't really go to KMG but that's like a, just an example Like I've been there a few times for uh, meetings And just you know pre-recordings and stuff like that you know you 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 really see the difference and you really see what you want to invest in. I was like podcasting, okay, I could throw like f- you know three something grand at it be somewhat satisfied and be cool with it. But I was like if I want st- to rebuild a whole nother studio after Millennia Records, I was like no way. No yeah. way.
0: Yeah. Uh-uh. All right, we've been uh how long? Hour and a half.
1: Damn, Ooh, time time yeah. flies. Time flies. Dude, time does fly, dude. I actually think uh,
0: how I want to I want to ask you, like, how long are your podcast episodes?
1: So mine are usually like an hour, but if I'm doing like a solo episode, so I do do solo episodes where I break down like my week or my day or month or just how things are going, you know, just especially with all the detoxing I was doing. I was breaking down a lot of like how I was feeling. So those ones are like, you know, 20, 30 minutes. But, you know, the other podcasts where I bring on guests, they're usually like an hour, hour and 15 minutes, somewhere around that.
0: Yeah, I think mine track around that. I mean, I I, – sometimes like they get to be like three hours
1: oh jesus know? especially when
0: <laughs> well especially when i'm with like like good friends oh and yeah. like we just constantly just keep going like we'll, we'll like change subjects probably like 20 times but um yeah i think that's you think this is a good stopping point
1: oh yeah dude we can we can cut out an hour and a half i'm down <laughs> all right <laughs> we, got a, we got a lot of content in on this yeah for, for
0: sure you got any uh, you got any shout outs or anything you want to say
1: Yeah. Uh, you know, check me out. Eric, the gray ETG, look it up on all platforms for music. If you're looking to get the podcast, it's another booty licking track. Look that up on all platforms. If you're not satisfied with that, look up our website, another booty licking track.buzzsprout.com. We got Facebook, Twitter, um, instagram all of it's another booty looking track except for twitter it's at booty track so that's all the links i got for right now and yeah, you know, shout out to max for having me on dude is an for awesome sure show. man
0: it's been it's been a been a pleasure been a good uh sort of brief insight into the world of music oh, i yeah. actually had a um another uh i wouldn't call him a rapper i don't think he called himself a rapper uh i think his his name was like an idea andrew Andrew and idea he uh he's a local here in Charlotte he does very similar stuff um again he doesn't like I think he has a couple like maybe one album but um he's more of like the lyric or not the lyrics he's more the beat side
1: yeah more of the like production and I mean engineering stuff like that producing yeah yeah
0: pretty much um I think he was like one of my first guests actually like he was probably like way back when I first started but um yeah he he gave me some insights that I'll honestly forgot oh i did have a question for you um in terms of uh inspiration who's inspired you for for music
1: for music i wouldn't it's for inspiration i wouldn't even say necessarily an artist it's probably the people that brought me up uh even though i got kind of screwed over with the record label thing like that dude was my best friend he was awesome guy I, i don't have any hard feeling towards him but he's the one that set me on the path for the whole industry he introduced me to a huge good friend of mine john casbar which you know does booking and all that he he taught me everything he taught me he showed me everything from behind the scenes like i started going to a lot of video shoots and all this stuff you know it was a lot of motivation to see what he's done and how many people he's inspired and not even just looking at him as a as a as like, you know, Oh, he can do this and this for me. Like I was looking at him like as a good friend, you know what I mean? And, you know, actually being genuine and being like, wow, he's done all this and he's built all this. Like I need to really get at it. And, you know, he, he, he hooked me up with the show, a couple of shows and, you know, some other artists and, it really inspired me to give back and inspired me to do more. So, like, I never had an artist inspired me. It's mainly John and Carl and, you know, my roommate Jalen and a couple of other people and JDJ. Those are the main inspirations of why I even do it. Other than that, like, I don't have an, you know, like everyone's like, oh, Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> nah, bro, I don't give a fuck about these artists, dude. Honestly, I'm inspired because, you know, like, what I've seen my friends do and what they have done for other people. And I know that if I keep at it, I can do big things and I can change things for other people and I could really help the industry out. So that was my motivation and inspiration till now, even still now.
0: Dope. I love it. I love it. All right, everyone. That was uh, Eric, the great part of uh, another booty licking podcast, a a booty licking track podcast. Yeah. another ABLT, another booty licking track podcast, man. I mean, <laughs> that just still throws me off man
1: <laughs> it's another booty licking can try it
0: <laughs> i don't know i love it man i love it but uh anyway guys uh my usual sign off thank you so much have a great day get out there get hungry and good luck